0: Good morning everyone, it is great to see every one of you today. Man, it's great to be here. Well, I want to thank all of you for your prayers and your thoughts and uh, about me having COVID over the last, uh, you know, a bunch of weeks or so more. And uh, it was quite an experience and I, it really was nice to know that there was a group of people that were with me in that and praying in that. And... Um, it's a journey, it's really an experience. And um, so I, I just wanted to say up front th- that some of you have asked me, but, but wait a minute, Pastor Paul, you were, you were vaccinated. Um, and what, is, what does that mean for you? What do you, what do you think uh, about that? Um, so in the middle of all of it, I, I was doing a lot of research and I was doing a lot of thinking about it. And, and one of the things that I learned about vaccinations is that it's not a shield, it's a preemptive strike. Um, it's enabling your body's immune system to develop an algorithm on how to deal with a problem that it could have in the future. Otherwise, your body, when it's under stress in COVID, and you haven't been vaccinated, will have to not only go into survival mode, but also develop that algorithm. It's kind of like, um, bringing you up here and then trying to teach you right on the spot how to sing a song and um, it would be quite embarrassing, and I would say, okay, here's gonna be the words I'm gonna whisper in, now I want you to sing this song to everybody that's here. Or I could give you like a week where you can hear the song played over and over again, where you learn the words to the song, and then we start the music, and you know exactly when to come in. That's pretty much what a vaccine does. And according to the New England Journal of Medicine, they seem to be running right now between uh, 72 to 90 percent effective depending on which vaccine you got. But one of the things that we've learned about them is that it reduces infections, uh, people who actually get infected. It also reduces transmissions and and it also reduces reactions. I was really surprised how my body reacted. I lost all sense of smell and all that other stuff, and I was vaccinated. And so what the science tells us is that my experience would have been a lot worse. I probably would not have been here today if I had to learn that song all by myself with my high blood pressure, with my hypertension, with my age and all that stuff. I'd probably still be fighting this thing. So would I get vaccinated again? Um, Absolutely, yes. Um, all this is mitigated, all these things that can happen are mitigated with with about 1% of a risk factor. So if I was to tell you that you had an 80% chance of investing in a stock, but there's a 1% chance that that stock will fail, but 80% chance that you're gonna make a million bucks out of it, most of us would probably work with those numbers and would probably make that investment. If I told you that you just met a guy that you had 1% chance that this is not going to work out, but 80% chance that if you marry this dude, you're going to have an amazing, happy marriage, you would probably say, That's, those are good numbers. I think I'll go ahead and marry them. If I were to tell you that eating a certain food gave you 80% chance of living to 100 years of, of health uh, and I had 1% of maybe messing up your colon or something like that, my guess is that you would probably go ahead and take it. If you were told that taking something would give the people around you an 80% chance of avoiding issues such as experiencing COVID, I think most of us would go ahead and, and take it. So just think about it. I'm not here to infringe on your civil liberties or to override your medical understanding. If you're afraid of the vaccine, and, and particularly, uh, I say this to women, uh, talk to your OBGYN about it. I know there's a lot of young moms or potential moms that are concerned about its effect. Go find an expert. Get a a really good answer. Demand a good answer. Um, If you have better science and data or have come up with a homeopathic solution for it, for God's sake, let the world know, okay, because we would all like that solution. And if not... And if you choose not to get vaccinated, which you won't get any ugly looks from me, please deploy the best scientific methods that we know of today by mitigating your exposure and impact in the world around you. Consider wearing a mask. So I I am very thankful for for your prayers. Um, It was quite an experience. I don't wish it on even my enemy. So I'm excited to be able to be up here and to continue the experience of talking about blessings. And I I really believe that God wants us to have joy-filled lives, purpose-directed, anxiety-free lives. I really believe Jesus said and meant it, that I have come that you may have life and may have life abundantly, that that's, that's really what he wants for us. And that blessings refresh the soul and bring joy to life. One of the things I I do want you to know is that blessings do not mitigate the human experience, but they do bring hope and fulfillment in it. See, I think a lot of people are looking for a Christianity or a blessing or a view of Christianity where there's no sickness, there's no poverty, there's no uh, entropy, there's no uh, social disorder or or whatever. No difficulties, no conflicts. I I think a lot of us think, well, if you live a blessed life, you actually negate the human experience. Well, there's nothing biblical about that at all. Someone texted me this week and asked how I was feeling. And I love this person very much, and if he's listening, I hope he hears that. Um, And unfortunately, this gentleman uh, is living with constant pain, constant, terrible pain. So I wasn't going to give him the cliche uh, answer, okay? I wasn't going to give him the, you know, church Jesus, you know, uh, answer. Um, I know that sounds kind of weird to make fun of that, but I... This guy knows what pain is, and um, so this was my response to him. Uh, he said, uh, I said to him, I have come to discover that there is no way life happens by accident. Pain, illness, evil, and decay are so constant that for any of us to experience lasting meaning and any joy in life, it must be an act of God. And today, I have joy because of my relationship with him. See, what will happen usually in the morning, Susan will ask me, did you have to sleep good? And I'll be like, yes, I slept okay. She goes, how are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. I mean, I had cancer removed from my face just two weeks ago. And then the following week I got COVID and I've got ruptured discs in my back and, and all this other stuff. So, so it, you know, as you get older, you're beginning to make a list of things that are wrong with your body. And when you wake up in the morning, you kind of go through, well, how's your face feeling? Well, how, how, how's your colon feeling? How's your, how's your stomach feeling? How's your, how's your fever feeling? And you're going through all this. and and you can really begin to just get defined by all that stuff and sometimes I will just stop her though she loves me and she's doing it because she wants to check on me it'd be like listen I I don't want to talk about it okay those things are constants in 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 the world Um, God has been good to me I had a great night's sleep I dreamt I went to the moon and it's all good God's joy is, is, is with me today so blessings do not mitigate the human experience, but rather they are refreshings that occur in the middle of it from God. Blessings are relationally bonded to God. Blessings are released by design as we walk with him. We learned that blessings are also connected together with other things, that God and blessings are connected. You can't just have blessings without God. God. I would also even say that, you know, it'd be really hard to have God without blessings. It just seems to be part of his nature. You can't have blessings without design. Can't have design without engagement. That blessings don't just happen most of the time, but rather they are connected in the way that we are related with God, the way that we walk with God, the way that we obey God, the way we implement his design for our lives. And that blessings in my life are, are totally paired to God. So last week, Stacy did an absolutely an amazing job. Presenting the idea of design and pairing with God that brings blessings into our lives. Let me just say, if skip the first uh, three weeks of the series, if you haven't listened to any of it, go right to her message. Uh, and because one of the things that she did was she read out of Ephesians and she showed us how the pairing works. She read this incredible verse out of Ephesians. I won't read it. It was like wicked long because Paul just kind of just rambles sometimes. And so, but constantly he's talking about blessings, 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 but he also says in him, through him, with Christ, in Christ, everything seems to be paired together with with this relationship with Christ. And the pairing is so incredibly important. So whether we visualize it with Legos in in week two or point or even today's illustration, blessings flow to us when we're rightly connected in walking to God. So today we're going to talk about the design for blessings in marriage. Now, you don't have to be married to listen uh, because it it starts when you're dating. I mean, if if you're just in that process of dating now, it starts when you're dating. It affects who you're going to date. It affects how you're going to date. So um, if you're married, you, you might hear something that exposes something that is missing in your marriage, maybe a Lego that you forgot to add into your marriage uh, design. I don't want you to walk out of here feeling regret or shame about that. I want you to allow God, through the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit, to to provide you with some insights on what may be better for your marriage and what needs to be added to your marriage. And you say, well, how will I fit this in? Well, that's where the power and the love of God and his Holy Spirit will work in your life. So I don't want you to walk out of here saying, well, you know, we're 25 years into it. We screwed it up. You know, it's totally messed up, we we'll, won't we'll ever get it back. And it's like, no, 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 that's, that's, the, that's why the resurrection is the cornerstone of the whole Christian faith, is that it shows it doesn't matter how bad it gets messed up, it can, it can be risen by the power of God in your life. See, marriage is not all about finding the right person. And, and isn't that the way we go at it? You gotta find the right person. But it's, it's also about being or becoming the right person. Understanding who you are in Christ. Being honest about your weaknesses and your strengths. Being clear and honest about your past failures and rejecting the the bad design for life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about... uh, how do we get blessings into our marriage? And in order to do that though, it would, only, it would be wrong for me to try to do this by myself. So I've asked my wife, Susan, to come on up. And, um, and I'm asking her to kind of help me with this. If, if you have not met Susan, let me head on over there. There you go. Let's give it up for Susan Yeah, Yeah. And, and if, if you have not met Susan, that means that you don't have a child under the age of what? three, it, uh, because Susan uh, runs, has been running our nursery for, um, well, let's not even use numbers. Let's not even use them. Okay, good, <laughs> good. We won't even do that. Um, but I wanted Susan to help me with this, and we're not perfect. We're not a perfect couple, but I will say this. We have found a perfect design for marriage. We really have. We've been married about thirties. 33 years, 33 years, 33 years, yes, I Uh, I was
1: just helping you remember, I didn't know, oh, oh, you were being (laughs) kind
0: to me, that's so nice of you, we've been married for 33 years, and we're going to talk about, and we're going to read about some of the elements that bring blessings, I mean, guaranteed to bring blessings into a marriage, but it's not going to be easy, I am so glad I was sick last week now, because we started talking about what I needed to talk about and how difficult it was going to be able to talk about it in our culture today. Remember, we were, we were kind of just like wrestling with it. and,
1: yeah. and it was, It's a hard subject.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, it is a hard subject. And I was really feeling uh, nervous on, on two sides. One, I'm not going to dodge this just because our culture doesn't like it. But yet, I also know that our culture has a reason not to like it. So, so we kind of worked on it over the last uh, two weeks together and all between all the coughing and yakking and all the other stuff that was going on, it, it has kind of <laughs> helped us to uh, come up with a, a way to present this. So because we know this, you're going to reject some of the stuff that we're going to say right off the bat, okay? And, and I'm go- we're going to communicate to you the word of God and you're not going to like it so I just want to let you know, you're going to hear words that are going to make you recoil. Um, And I'm going to make the point that you should recoil. And uh, we're going to show you why you're recoiling on some of these concepts. And so we're we're going to kind of lay it out, but but we're going to set it up this way for you. Um, Around the Rianzo household, we have a lot of chemicals. I know some of you are thinking about, hmm, he's got a little... Little um, marijuana thing going out there, in uh, Rienzo house or anything like that? No, no. Um, unless my doctor prescribes it, but I, he wouldn't do that for me. Um, we have uh, we have gallons and pounds of chemicals at the house. I mean, it it almost looks like you know those trucks pull up and there's barrels and they roll off the back and you got everybody just moving the barrels into places and you're putting in underneath underneath my my back deck, our back deck, there's, this, uh, there's a bunch of chemicals. So let me just tell you a list of some of the chemicals that I have. We have hydrochloric acid in a large amount of hydrochloric acid. We have sodium um, bisulfate. Uh, we have jugs of sulfuric acid. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, at our house, we have jugs of it. Um, uh, we also have some sodium uh, car- carbonate, you know, and uh, we have a lot of chemicals, uh, and some of these chemicals that I use every single day of my life are potent and they're dangerous, okay? They, I think hydrochloric acid, people use it for etching their concrete so that they can stain their concrete or clean their concrete, or there's other chemicals that you put together with like fertilizer and stuff, uh, and Homeland Security will be at your house checking what you got going on. There are some things that in those chemicals that uh, will burn your eyes out, and, and some of them will strip paint off the wall. So, so these are really crazy chemicals. Almost all of the elements individually would hurt me and um, negatively affect my life. But I still have those chemicals. It, it's crazy. The thought of adding them together or a kind of um, uh, putting them on, you know, in my eyes or in my hands or anything, but the thought of putting them all together even sounds worse, the kind of adverse effect that it would have with me. But here's the thing that I've discovered about all those chemicals that I've got under my back porch. Um, that when you add, Ninety-six hundred gallons of dihydrogen monoxide. It produces this. Okay. It produces the crystal clear waters of a swimming pool. See, this is an amazing concept, and I and and you know I, I love this. Is that when the uh, individual toxic toxic chemicals are added in the right amount of waters, it becomes not only a good environment, it becomes the perfect environment for family fun. I mean we've been using the heck out of the pool, haven't we?
1: Yeah, it's been a lot more fun than honestly I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, and it's also something that kind of draws you to it. It's like, oh it's hot and I just finished this project. Let's let's go do yeah. the pool. You know, so there's lots of benefits there. It's not just wonderful when you're there, but it pulls you in. You want to go hop in the pool.
0: It even looks cool. I took this picture with my drone. I mean, it, it, it's actually in the middle of all that's hot and brownish and all the other stuff around it. It's all of a sudden, it's just like this, it just pops. <laughs> um, so it, 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 the interesting thing is that when all those dangerous chemicals, all those chemicals that I wouldn't throw in my eyes or swallow in my mouth, but when it is when they are paired with the right something else all of a sudden those chemicals begin to keep me from getting sick actually keep my eyes from being irritated and people's contacts from drying out it actually changes the hardness of the water it changes the, the acid level of it the ph level of it and it becomes this absolutely perfect environment matter of fact I won't swim in a pool that didn't have those chemicals in it that just five minutes ago I listed as something to be very concerned about. Chemicals that I would be very concerned about. But when it is done by design, it creates moments like this. Uh, Remember her uh, just kind of... Yeah, there we are, and, and you know what? L- little Ireland was floating around in the water with her little popsicle, and the popsicle would go underwater. water, and, <laughs> and 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 you know, and she put it back in her mouth, and, and 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 that's the chemical guy at the house. I'm like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I know I got the right hydrochloric acid. I know I got the right you know sodium uh, bicarbonates. That, what's that? A Pepsi? Uh, I don't know what that is, but I've got all these right chemicals, and they're all balanced, and they're all together, and and. And um, it's it's an amazing experience. So back to marriage. It's all about the pairings. So we're going to read to you the chemicals that should go into a marriage pool. Um, And some of these chemicals that you're going to hear me read, apart from the water, are absolutely toxic. They will burn your eyes out. They will kill you as an individual. They will wreck a marriage, absolutely a marriage, if they are not paired in the right way. But none of this works without the 9,600 gallons of God's power, God's love, and God's truth in your life. See, it's all about combining the right chemicals with the right water, producing the right results, producing the experience. So we're going to read, matter of fact, I'm going to ask Susan that she will read what Paul says. And he's, he's describing the chemicals, he's describing the design of God for blessings. And you're going to hear words like hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid, and you're going to go, and, and if you're sitting here, you're going to be like, ain't no freaking way, okay? Ain't no freaking way I'm doing that. There's no way. But let me just consider, if you like crystal clear water, if you like swimming with your family, maybe you would consider chemicals, when done right, that actually make the experience better. All right. Give it to them, honey.
1: All right. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their own husbands in everything.
0: It's hard to even say, isn't it? Yeah, it's even hard to say it. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed, cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband.
0: Wow. Okay. Those are some crazy chemicals in the design, aren't they? I mean um words like respect sacrifice submit cherishing and then even through this word headship in there um every one of those words will burn your eyes out if you take them all by themselves they were never intended to be put into your life without 9,600 9, gallons of dihydrogen monoxide, the very life, character, and nature of Christ. Every one of those will strip the paint in your marriage and in your life if you take them all by yourself. And, you know, respect becomes control. Um, Sacrifice becomes selfishness. Uh, it, it can be, you know, if, if you know that you're married to somebody that's willing to make a sacrifice for you and later down, it would be easy for you to become selfish and then always get, get what you want. Um, submit becomes subservience. Cherish becomes manipulation. Uh, headship, this concept of headship, becomes a form of um, not only control but domination. So any one of these, if you, if you got a husband or if you got somebody quoting you a Bible verse coming home from church on Sunday morning and the, and the husband says, honey, did you hear the preacher? He said you need to submit, okay? Let me just say, dummy. Um, Go ahead and drink your hydrochloric acid and see how that works for you. Okay? The preacher probably, or should have, told you a lot of other things about the chemicals that go in, the pairing, and the measures that go in to making the perfect marriage experience. And submit was not the only one.
1: Yeah, I think this is a perfect example of being careful to take the entire passage. I mean, it was a long passage. I was reading for a long time. Um, there were lots of concepts in there, but if they're disjointed and taken apart, they don't They don't create the whole. Right. And it's not, it's something that's um, ugly and... Absolutely. ...kind of can be scary. Yeah. And certainly frustrating because it doesn't work right.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's right. That's why, you know... Um any of these things outside of the context of, I would say, the whole biblical picture, okay? When you take a look at the life of Christ, you take a look at all the other stuff that the same chemist, Paul, talks about. And, I mean, because there's other places in Colossians where he tells, speaking to husband and wives, submit one to another, okay? So, I mean, we, we, he tells everybody. And maybe in this time, he's talking about things that, that each of the, the husband and the wife are not really doing that well, you know, um, like cherishing doesn't come natural to me. You know that. I um,
1: don't know that, but uh, I love you for saying that.
0: Sweet. <laughs> uh, but, but what it is, it's like, I don't want to sit and talk. I, <laughs> I do I, know I, that. <laughs> I want to I, okay, I go to Lowe's. Okay. I want to I put in a new French drain. Um, I want to, you know, it's like, okay, we talked about something, and I want to move on. I want to go do something different, but, but there's, there are times when, when, you know, it's difficult, but there are times when I'm just told, it's like, no, uh, you need to just sit and listen. Uh, you need to hear the heart. This is not a task, she's not a task to be accomplished. She's a person to be experienced, and not only experienced, it is your responsibility to make sure it happens. Okay, and so, um, but you shouldn't like this stuff by itself. Which one of us here, all by itself, loves the concept of turning the other cheek? Okay, Um, the whole idea of turning the other cheek, when Bruce Wayne was walking down that back alley for going to that opera with his parents, and these, these muggers came on him, what well, really happened when these muggers came on him and, and killed his parents? Do we really believe that that is, the con- that is the context where turning the other cheek is supposed to be applied? I think we pretty much all realized that turning of the other cheek in a mugging is not the right chemical response in that situation and it's not, the, it's not what the Bible's talking about when it talks about turning the other cheek. See, all these principles, they've all got context. They all need their 9,600 gallons of water to make sure that they're added together. Submitting without Christ can turn into resentful compliance or something that looks akin to slavery. Headship without Christ is something that turns into domination and superiority and um, a, a crazy patriarchy. It is only in Christ that these become blended together and become the crystal clear, refreshing waters that we experience in marriage. You know?
1: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, getting back to that long scripture that we just read, um, if you're a husband, you should be paying attention to those details that apply to you. And if you're a wife, you should be paying attention to those details that apply to you. And then you come together and you can... Make it work the way it's supposed to work when each party is doing their part.
0: That's right. Yeah. So. Um, you don't want to swim. If somebody invites you over to their house and they got a pool and they got a big, they've got a bunch of water in the back or whatever and say, listen, you know, uh, do, do you want to swim? It's like you want to make sure that, I don't want to sound like a snob here or anything, it's not snobbery, but uh, I really get into the chemicals. I, I, I like the percentages of, 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 pH balance. Whenever somebody else with a pool talks to me, I'd be like, "Oh, what's your alkaline levels looking like right now?" You know, I'd be like, "You know, my my water the, it's absolutely just perfect." But um, it, you don't want to swim in water without these chemicals. You don't want to be in a marriage where there isn't some sort of sacrifice being made. You don't want to be in a marriage where there is this. Let me use a better word: some yielding, so that the potential of the other person can be brought forth. You don't want to be in a marriage like that. But likewise, you don't want these chemicals without Christ-likeness. Misogyny, chauvinism, hyperfeminism are all forms of trying to take these elements into society without the 9,600 gallons of living water. That's why it got all screwed up, folks. And all got screwed up is because we kind of confused Jesus with John Wayne. I mean, I love John Wayne. There ain't anybody here that has a bigger collection of John Wayne movies than I do. And if you don't know who John Wayne is, you just, you're killing me. Okay? You're, if you don't know who Clint Eastwood is, you're killing me. But you know what? We came up with these crazy concepts of what masculinity looks like. What being a woman is. I mean, what growing up with uh, uh, seven other brothers and, and uh, a post-World War II father, it was really hard to figure out what a a real man, what's a real man. And you can hear pulpits all across this country. The real men are warriors. We got the warrior spirit in us. That's bull crap. I'm not a warrior. I'm just a son of God who loves his wife. I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, I want to be a man of character. I want a man who keeps his word. I want to be a man that's true to the word of God, true to my wife. Um, brings the best into her life, but do I have to buy into warrior mentality? You know, what if you like cooking? What if you like art and you're a man? Well, you're not as masculine as John Wayne. You're not as you know. You're not as uh, all Hugh Jackman or whatever it may be. Whoever the person is for you. See, the problem is, is that we started taking these chemicals and handing them out in society. This is this what a man is in this bag right here? Hydrochloric acid. If you can't bench press 225 pounds, you're a wimp. And and we have been soaked in those chemicals for the last 50 years of my life. So why does everybody want to tear down white dudes? Why does everybody want to tear down the patriarchy? Why does everybody wanna tear down people who have influence or power? It's because they've been fed this bag of chemicals without the 9,600 gallons of living water. Don't you be mistaken about it. Capitalism without Jesus will fail. It will. Oh, I know it's better than communism. But uh, you take Jesus out out of capitalism, Okay, that bag of chemicals ain't going to work either. And so it's really important to realize, I, I think um, we need to see how m- powerful what Stacy taught us was, this in Christ changes everything. When Paul lists the chemicals, there's not one place when he lists those chemicals, when he talks about the God-blessed marriage, that, that he doesn't include the water. In that set of verses, just as Christ, just like Christ, as unto Christ. There's no place where it says, men, you're the head. And let me just break up what headship is, and I know we can't go into it a lot, today isn't a day where I break, we break down all this marriage stuff, but let, let me just, so that I can detox the waters a little bit for you. Head, when Paul talks about headship, headship is a structural definition, not a functional definition. Okay, you can say, well, that sounds a little philosophical, but it, it's like this, um, yeah, yeah. So, tell, tell me how we smell.
1: Nice, really
0: oh, nice. I smell good? Yeah. Yeah, And the mm-hmm. reason why I smell good is because she bought me my Ralph Lauren, is that mm-hmm. what it is? Yeah, she bought it for me. So I, I smell good, right? Okay, but my smelling good is not the result of the functionality of my smelling. They're totally independent. I smell good, but it's got nothing to do with me smelling.
1: You smelled good even when you had COVID. You couldn't w- smell anything.
0: Wow. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm taking another ten days of quarantine there, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's the point? Is that sometimes when Paul's going through this list, some of the things are we're being commanded to do, some of them are just design specs. You know, it's kind of like, maybe you'll be told that in your car, your truck is built on a unibody suspension, your unibody frame, you know, well, most of you are going to go out into your car and you're going to get into your car. You're not going to like, whoa, I want to unibody this thing. You know, I'm going to, yeah. You feel that unibody? Yeah. No, you were just being told by the designer that you have a, a unibody structure underneath your vehicle. When Paul talks about men being the head, there's something about that, and there's a beautiful concept, when added to all the water, that's part of the design description, but it's not a call for men to all of a sudden, I'm just going, I'm in charge, woman. I'm your head, <laughs> you know? And you need to submit to the head. You know, doesn't this sound stupid? When you take 9,600 gallons out of water, and you jump into a vinyl lining, um, and pour chemicals all over yourself, that that's pretty stupid, isn't it? Well, that's how stupid it is to try to pull this stuff off without Jesus. But I'll also tell you this. Swimming in water without these chemicals can be just as dangerous. This is the design that God blesses. And the reason our marriage is blessed is not because Susan learned how to submit. And it's not the reason why our marriage is is refreshing is not because I learned... Uh, a happy wife, a happy life. Okay, I'm sorry. That, that just, okay, that, that's not how it works. We learned that through honoring and cherishing one another, um, learning to submit even to one another, in the context of Christlikeness, in the doing it like Christ does it, um, that the joy really began. This is why what Stacy taught last week is so important. It all works because of our pairing to Christ. Um, I had to learn how to cherish. Not the way that my dad cherished. Not the way that men in America cherish. Um, Not the way Republicans cherish. No, I had to learn to cherish the way Christ cherishes. That's the standard. You see, do you see Jesus uh, abusing anybody? Do you see anybody that ever walked the planet that Jesus didn't die for? Do you see the heavenly father, even though Jesus is subject to the father? Do you see the father in some way unloving, being unloving to the second person of the Trinity? I mean, it's all done so incredibly beautifying, mutually glorifying, and becomes this incredible thing. So, let me be clear. If there isn't 9,600 gallons of Jesus in the marriage, these other things, um, don't do them. Okay? If you're an unbeliever here, and you just heard me talk about submitting and and cherishing and all that other stuff, uh, don't do them. Absolutely. You need to fend for yourself. You need to protect yourself. You need to go 50-50. Okay, if you're not going to do Jesus, you really do need to keep your knife in your back pocket, and you better fight for control, because somebody's going to control that relationship. Okay, I've been doing this for 30 some odd years. I've been in ministry, and I'll tell you what: people say, "Well, I don't believe in submission. I don't believe in control. I don't believe in that." Oh, oh, oh no, 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 no! Somebody's going to control that relationship, and give me five minutes, I will find out who it is and it won't be done the way that Christ did it. So if you're dating, the Jesus state question, ladies, don't ask, your, don't ask your dating partner, don't ask that dude if he believes in God and think that you just, he believes in God, Ma, I'm dating him, he believes in God, he goes to church. Yeah, he goes to Seacoast or he, he goes to Northwoods or he, he goes across town. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to ask him about the, the uh, dihydric, I forgot the whole chemical name thing. You need to ask him about what water does he got? Ask him, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? And do you believe he's Lord of your life and you live living? Because otherwise... One day about year seven or year 14, he's going to walk in with his cowboy boots and he's going to say, woman, you need some submit. And you don't want him using those concepts if he is not allowing the waters of Christ to guide his life. Boy, that looked ridiculous, didn't it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> still love me though, still want those 10 days of quarantine? Yes, okay, absolutely. we're going for 10 days, <laughs> 10 more days! <laughs> oh man, uh, so, um, this is some interesting stuff. Uh, one of the things that I've learned is that uh, every day I go out and I check the pool water, don't I?
1: Yes, you're religious about it.
0: <laughs> y- yes, it's exactly, I'm glad you said that. Because the thing that makes you feel safe with me is not because I'm certain height, charming. Good-looking. Char- did I say charming? Blue eyes or greenish kind of eyes? Yeah, yeah, they're kind of muddied waters. But uh, but it's it's not because of that. What? Why? Why do you feel confident about our marriage?
1: Because I see your relationship with Christ and your commitment to do what He wants you to do, and um, I know that you're teachable and yeah. you're open for him to speak to you and to instruct you.
0: And every day I check the waters. Every day I'll be out there with my little testing kit and all that other stuff and I'll be dipping it in there and I'll be like, huh? With my cup of coffee and uh, in my boxers and I'll be just like testing. You don't wanna live next to me, but I'll be out there testing waters and walking back in, I'll walk in real confident. Honey, guess what the pH level was? (laughs) Yeah, your husband got the pH level just right. But I check that every single day. And you know what? Husbands, every single day, you need, to, you need to be asking yourself, is this woman cherished? Honey, do you feel cherished? Do you feel safe? Do you feel protected? Do you feel lifted up? Do you feel edified? Do you feel... You know, it's like, check your chemicals. And wives need to be asking their husband, do you feel honored? Do you feel like, I, I, I get out of your way sometimes to let you be great in our marriage? You know, um, dude, and and, and we, we gotta test the words. And for some of us, we're in marriages right now where it's been a long time since we checked the chemicals in the pool. Um, for some of us, maybe we're finding out that we need to be making adjustments to our design. We need to we need to ask ourselves, well, okay, am I am I honoring like Christ? Am I submitting like Christ? Am I and and. I know it's hard. And me and Susan both realize, I mean, because we talked about what if a woman's married to a guy who, who doesn't love Christ? I mean, it can be a scary, dangerous thing to implement a concept like submit. But it's kind of like the Batman illustration, or the Bruce Wayne illustration. God's not asking you to walk down a, a dark alley to, to get mugged and to take it for Jesus' sake. But rather, um, that we implement these, these, these principles in a safe environment. And it's really funny, the more you honor me, and I don't know how it works, but it does something to my psyche. And it makes me want to cherish you more. You know, it's, it's funny, while I, I've been sick a lot over the last like five years it's stupid stuff, but and not, you know, nothing has killed me, but it's the way that she, she takes care of me in those moments that I love this woman more now than I ever did okay, when, I, when we got married. It's so why, it's because she constantly is like, hey, I'm going to create a space where this guy can shine. I want this guy to be the hero he feels he needs to be. And I'm going to help him do that. You know, that's what I call submitting. It's, it's, and, and we both do that. I submit to the concept of cherishing. My job is to make sure that when I look in her eyes that I know she feels the most valuable creature on the planet. That she's loved. That she's saved. That when I'm talking to another woman on the other side of the room this woman's not concerned about whether or not I'm flirting with that woman. Why? It's because I've made sure all the chemicals were in the pool.
1: I think it's a gift we give each other. Mm -hmm. Um... And I think when you first get married, you don't even know what that process is. But as far, it's a great journey to learn that. But now we're at the place where it's just, this is my gift to you and I get those gifts back. Um, I give you what I think you want and what you need and what I believe through knowing you will lift you up and make you feel secure and you do the same for me. Mm-hmm. So it really is a gift we give each other. Um, it's not a task that's arduous and um, annoying. It's, it's practice that makes it a gift.
0: Yeah, and when we're splashing in the water with Ireland, Ireland or the other uh, grandkids or other stuff, um, I can't say, oh, look at this, some hydrochloric acid going by. You know, there, there's sulfuric acid It's over there on the other side right there. It's like, no, it's, all those things just blend in. They're no longer visible. I'm, I'm not even sure, you know, you couldn't probably extract them out. I don't know, maybe you could technically. But it's like once, once the waters get good, once they get, it's kind of like now you're, you're just calling it pool time. We're not calling it chemical time. Um...
1: Well, can I say too, yeah. getting back to that concept of being teachable, I think it's one of the most important aspects of marriage where you're looking to learn. Um, and I learn from you, and you learn from me. We learn from the word, we learn from the observation of good marriages that we see. Um, so that, because nobody knows everything immediately, it's a process. And so being teachable is super, super important in marriage.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. That, that w- checking the pool water and, and making the adjustments is mm-hmm. such an important thing. I know we kind of um, broke out these, these, in, these chemical words to you and you may have had all kinds of different reactions when you heard them and um, I, I guess our hope is that you experience the same blessings in marriage that we have experienced. You say, well, it's just because you and Susan are different. No, Uh, it's maybe not for her, but for me, this is my second marriage. I know what it's like to be hydrochloric acid, because I was hydrochloric acid in my first marriage. I know what it's like to be a man who's chauvinist. I don't think I've ever been misogynist, but I do know what it's like to be a man who's chauvinist. I know what it's like to create an illegitimate patriarchy not saying that patriarchy is wrong, I'm just saying I know, what, when you, I know what it's like to be a man without 9,600 gallons of, of Christ in the waters. So let me encourage you. Um, wouldn't you like to be able to relax? Wouldn't you like to not have to fight over who's gonna be in control? Wouldn't you like to be able to swim in the waters of marriage, be refreshed years and decades later? Well, God's got a design. And when we do it with Christ, in Christ, it really turns out beautiful. I'm gonna ask you to do something I didn't give you a heads up on. Yeah, I know, you're gonna hate it. Um, But as Susan leads us in prayer, um, I don't care what your marriage looks like right now, and I don't care what your dating relationship looks like right now, I do know this. I've seen some very bad pools Muddy, watered pools, algae, fish growing in it, mosquito-ridden, crusty waters. But when, when a God design was implemented, that those pools were restored. So, don't give up wherever you are. As we go to communion, as we go to this time of expressions, realize that you know as you're coming up, and you're you're connecting yourself. With the chemicals of god the, the these are the things that you're adding to your life so that your life can experience blessing Why don't you won't you lead us in prayer
1: father thank you for today for each person that's here i always cry when i pray i'm sorry um i give you their lives and i ask that you would take special notice of each one help us to be learners to always be teachable. Help us to look for your path, your rightness, and, and let your righteousness shine upon us as your children. Lord God, for those of us who are married, give us marriages that are examples of your relationship with the church that shine out for all the world to see commit them to you and I commit these people to you in Jesus name